Welcome to an all new episode of Tap Into College Golf. I'm your host, Brandy Jackson, and after a semi, but yet maybe not even semi successful professional golf career, I have been working in this college recruiting industry for about 13 years now, and I've loved it. It has been such a blessing to transition into doing um, something that I had no idea what I was doing when I started, no idea how to run a business, to speak publicly, much less start a podcast, but so much of my business has helped me grow and mature and learn these skills. And that's what I love getting to do with all of you young ladies as you go through this recruiting process and have to tackle some of these things and and learn how to do these skills with communicating with coaches and connecting with coaches and all that comes with that. So just it's just so much fun to be able to do it and I love it and, and to see the the growth that you all young ladies have as we go through this. All right, welcome to a new episode of Tap Into College Golf. Uh, I have a local friend, coach, um, just somebody I've gotten to know. We both kind of grew up in the same area here in the upstate of South Carolina. Been wanting to get him on here. We've just, it's, you know, especially as soon as season starts and we talk about even trying to get together to do this, but just excited to have um, the Anderson University women's head coach, Denton Moore, join me. Um, thanks for, for hopping on after a, a busy few days that we're going to talk about as well, didn't Yeah, man. Thank you, Brandy. I'm excited to be here and I appreciate you having me on. I, I've been looking forward to this. I know we've talked about it for a few months now, so I'm glad that we could uh, finally get together and get this going. Yes, me too. And even though it was almost not going to happen because anybody who follows <laughs> all my stuff knows I've got a house full of dogs and I've been a little under the weather, um, and just a lot going on as so does so does coach Moore as they were just getting back I actually texted him just two days ago and they were in the middle of finishing up their tournament um and so we really kind of snuck this in during uh just a little break in both of our time and and my always my apologies if you hear dogs barking in the background because that is my life working from home with five dogs in the house right now um but let's talk about first let's I definitely want to talk about you know, coming off of what y'all just did these last few days, but let's take it back to you getting into coaching and, you know, even a little bit of your playing background and what led you into coaching. Um, you've been there, you know, started out as the assistant there at Anderson back in 2014 and have kind of moved your way into this role now as the actual head women's coach. Lots going on there at Anderson with the football program starting. Coach Lamb, who was the the football coach at Furman when I was there starting that program. So lots going on. So just kind of take us back to getting in you and you getting into coaching and and to current day now. Yeah. So when I played golf at Anderson University, well, my first when I first graduated high school, I went to Coastal Carolina uh, for a year, tried to walk on, uh, was not successful, was not quite good enough ready for that program at the time. Um, so I finished my first year there at Coastal and I just really wanted to play golf. I, I, I was I was torn because I went to Coastal to do the professional golf management major because I, you know, I wanted to have a career in golf when I got done uh, with school. And, all, you know, I think as all young golfers, we have that dream of playing on the tour. But, yeah. you know, I, I, after I had to have backup plan B, so that was definitely the route that I was looking at going and ended up uh, just talking to my family and, and, tr- and I decided to transfer back to Anderson just to get a little bit closer to home um at the time bobby bevel was the ad here at au 
uh, and him and my father were pretty good friends. And so he had talked to the golf coach, uh, Kate Burnett, who actually played at Furman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kate said, yeah, you know, look, he can come walk on and we'll see what he's got. And, you know, long story short, I walked on, had a decent uh, freshman slash sophomore year and then got put on scholarship from there. So was very fortunate and uh, ended up having a great career here at Anderson. Loved every second of it. And then when I got out, uh, got pretty lucky, got got a head professional job the first year I was out of college at Anderson Country Club, where you know where I was from, where I'm from here. Uh, and then just kind of bounced around. I was a head professional at four different clubs uh, throughout South Carolina. But as the years went by, I got married, and and I just started to think my every day just became a constant grind in the golf business. It's just yeah. it's you know you have goals. But the goal at the end of the day in the golf business is just kind of to make money. And there's not really – I didn't feel like I was really striving towards anything. And I just kind of felt a little bit lost, honestly, in my career. And um, about that time, I, I moved back up uh, from Beaufort, South Carolina, back to Anderson, took the head pro job at Cobbs Glen. And just so happened that Anderson University Golf had moved from playing at Brookstone to Cobbs. Uh, got to reunite with my former coach, Danny Neal. And we were talking one day, and I said, "Man, I'd love to just come down there and help out on some of my off time, and and see what see how it goes." And then before I know it, you know, six months later, I'm out to work and, and working as <laughs> working as a golf coach part time uh, when I had some free time. And then a year in, I just knew um, that it was you know I was being called to coach golf, and you know had to had to work as a um, as a volunteer assistant for a couple of years. And then they were able to create a position for me uh, to be the assistant for both teams. And like you said, been here since 2014. I love it here. And uh, it's been, it's been fun. And now uh, this is my first year being in the head role for the women's program. So I'm excited about that and uh, still, still the assistant for the men's program as well. So having a lot of fun with both teams, but uh, I really love being on the women's side and uh, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, being awesome helps because you've got a great season going on. Um, so, you know, while we're at it and talking about how much fun it is, uh, let's just kind of switch gears a little bit. And just to talk about the last, um, I mean, not just the last few days. I know you just come off of a, uh, we were just talking about it before we started recording, uh, not the best weather up in Kentucky and the girls grinded it out and brought home another win, which puts y'all, y'all are top five right now in the ranking. Is that right? We're fifth right now. Yeah. Fifth. Okay, right now. Fifth. Yeah. So it's been a great season. I know some of the South Carolina girls that are there. I've got one of my girls that's going to be coming there pretty soon. Um, just just kind of talk about the season so far, maybe even just some of the things. And we're, and we're going to talk about some other things just in general, but just as they're kind of fresh off of this um, kind of exciting few days and it just got home, what uh, what you've been doing so far this spring with the girls and, and how that's been so far. Yeah, we've had we had a kind of a shaky start to the season. I think you know me coming in, uh, my first years in the head role, I I had to kind of figure my way out. You know, I was used to yeah. just kind of doing things under direction, and now I had to start directing. So we go to DBU's event first out the blocks, and then we don't play very well. We finish sixth out of seventeen teams. We go to Cleveland, Tennessee for an event that frankly we should have won. Uh, we end up losing by a couple shots and finishing second. And I just felt like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, a lot of pressure on the girls. Had a great sit-down meeting with them. Just said, guys, look, we got to go back to what we were doing before this change happened. Let's just go back yeah. to, you know, being the family that we are, having the fun that we have, you know, and and we're going to be successful if we do that. And then the next thing, 
you know, we go to Achasta, win there, go down to Tampa, get a huge win uh, down in Tampa, beat the number one team in the country, Lynn, down there, which was big for us. Uh, then the girls got to go home for break, and um, they did a great job working hard. Um, you know, most of our girls are from this general area. We have one from Florida, but most of them are from Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. So the weather over winter break is not great, so they really have to push themselves out there in some uncomfortable <laughs> conditions to get work in. Uh, but they did a great job doing that. They came back geared up and ready. Uh, and so then we went to – we got to go down to Florida for the Lady Mock, which is a huge event, just – probably the best field in D2 women's golf had a good event, finished third, um, you know, got beat by a couple really good programs, number one, number three team, but felt good about that performance. And then we got to Charleston um, and we played really well there, won by a pretty hefty amount. And then we just got back from Kentucky. Um, so we get up to Kentucky. We've been having pretty decent weather down here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get up there, the high for the practice round, I believe, was 36 degrees, and the wind was blowing 20 to 30 miles an hour. So it was a miserable practice round, not a whole lot of – you know, we, we spent a lot of time chipping and putting and, and getting kind of acclimated with where the pin positions were going to be. Uh, and then Monday, the first tournament round, we didn't get started till 11 o'clock. It was 18 degrees that morning, so we teed off. It was about 38. It really never got above 45, and it was – you know, good 10 to 20 mile an hour wind. It was a pretty big grind. We didn't finish the round. Uh, we didn't finish both rounds. Uh, and so then, but we came off, we, we got to the hotel that night. We were, I think we were one back. So we closed out the second round in pretty good shape. We closed out the second round, actually the next day up by one going into the last round. Uh, and then the last round, we didn't get off to a bad start, but Finley's, they're a good program. They're defending national champions, and yeah. they got off to a great start. And we got kind of – we got off to a kind of a mediocre start, and we made the turn uh, down nine shots – or down ten shots, sorry, uh, with nine holes to go. And the conditions were still pretty pretty breezy. It had warmed up a little bit, but the last nine holes at the UK, UK club up there in Lexington is brutally hard. Um, we had played at something like 15 over – for two days. We had played the front nine under par, I think both days. Uh, and the girls just played phenomenal. They played the back nine, four under that last nine wow. holes. And, and um, we ended up going from down 10 to winning by six. So, but wow, they, really, that's crazy. they put together an impressive back nine and, and just never gave up. I mean, you know, it was one of those things where we were comfortably going to finish second and they just weren't going to settle for that, which is, you know, I love that about my girls. They're, they're, they're going to grind it until the, till the last putt drops in the last hole, which is great. Yeah, that's – well, I mean, I think that just – that right there just encompasses so much of, you know, kind of what we want to talk about with college golf and and the conditions that you play in and how, you know, just that, that change of just the last nine holes because when you've got a team like that, I mean, a 10-shot lead can – mean nothing if you've got even just a few holes to go sometimes. I know a lot yep. of times we're watching NCAAs when they do have it on TV and stuff and and they talk about that. You don't understand when you're in that moment and you're trying to keep up with, you know, there's so much going on and it's it's such a cool kind of thing to be there when you, you know, you've got a couple of girls making birdies, but you know, until everything's updated, you just don't really know. It's not, you know, it's so much different than just that like one-on-one -on -one kind of thing where you kind of know who you're, you know, where you're stacked up as a team, you just don't know. And you've just got to keep grinding individually and hoping that, you know, you're, you know, the rest of the team's doing what they need to do. And, and then you just kind of get in and you find that out. And it's always so exciting. This one too, Kentucky Dom, uh, 
uh, Granny at Finley, he runs this event still in the old COVID format. So that's what I kind of like about it. It's the last, it's kind of the last term before we hit the postseason. Mm-hmm. So I get to take my starting five up there and we all play together. Uh, so I get to see all five of them playing every single hole. Uh, the other great thing is the coaches are responsible for the live scoring in that golf tournament. Oh, so we're, okay. posting, we're posting after every hole. So what made it even better was when we started to really turn the put the gas pedal down, you know, on that back nine, we saw Finley slipping a little bit. And then, you know, you could you, – the girls can kind of read me like a book, unfortunately. I, I got <laughs> – I have that look on my face a lot of times. And uh, I, they when they see me start to pace around and, and, and get moving antsy, they know we're doing well. No, so, yeah. I think they thought – they knew we were doing well. And they really – they slammed the door there at the end. It was awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's uh... – talk maybe you know what is some of we love talking about all the good moments and the, the highlights and the, the great times what's some of the toughest parts of we'll start with you as a coach and then I want to talk a little bit about what you see as like the student athlete side of things too but what is the toughest part about being a college coach that you know while it's it's great and it's rewarding and you get up every morning excited to do it but what are some of the tougher things actually I know one thing you and I talked about which from a recruiting side of things is uh, you know, getting to know the players and then you can only take so many and, and having to tell them that I remember a conversation you and I had not too long ago about that through through text message. But what you know, what is some of the tougher parts about being a college coach that just makes it, you know, just just makes the day maybe a little bit tougher or, you know, just a little bit harder to uh, to sometimes see the positives when you have to maybe deal with some of the tougher things. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Number one, there, there's two really difficult things for me uh, in this profession. The first one you hit it. I mean, we talked about it. I mean. You, you start recruiting kids. A lot of times our recruiting board, you know, at the start of a class will be 20, 25 kids. And so you start off with just some gen- general phone conversations. Uh, but then, you know, you, you get down to that final 10 and you're looking to bring in two kids, maybe three in a big class, maybe one in a small class. You know, but those 10 kids that you really got pinned down as the kids that you really kind of want, it gets hard because you bring them all on visits, you meet their families, you, you go watch them play a lot of golf, you go through this process with them. And sometimes, you know, it's a two-way street, obviously. some We, we get told no a lot as well, but, yeah. you know, we also, when we get excited about the kids we get, but the hard, I think the hardest part of this job is when you get the kids that you, you know, that you wanted or that you offered, you know, unfortunately, there's another kid or a couple kids that you have to call that you don't have room for anymore. That frankly, it's not that they weren't good enough or, you know, anything yeah. like that. It just it came down to a gut decision of mine. And that's that's yep. what makes it so hard is that kid's probably just as good as the girl that that we ended up getting or, or close to it. And uh, that makes it really difficult because, you know, any explanation you give to those kids, it's it's not um it's not going to make it any better and probably not going to help them understand it much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just and like then, the, the scenario we talked about sometimes too, it's just the timing of things. It's just how yeah. things fall. And, you know, there's only so much you can do. It's like you said, trying to tell them that like that you, you can tell they kind of get it, but then they kind of don't. Um, but there's so many things that they just don't see that, you know, us no, kind of see right. this a little bit more in the background, kind of know the reasons why. And sometimes you can't always share that you don't, you know, and sometimes it, there's not a, obvious reasons like you said it's just a gut feeling and it's you yeah. know again it's not that there was anything bad gut feeling about another player you just kind of knew hey this is and, and again it's like you said you have to base it on where you feel like they are as well because sometimes you put an offer out there to somebody and they put you on hold you lose those other players while you're waiting yeah. on that player and you know there, there's so many things that go into it all that i wish um you know 
you try to enlighten everybody on it, but you also kind of know that there's still only so much that they really kind of comprehend and understand until they uh, unfortunately have to experience sometimes. No doubt. I would say the the second thing too, that, that is super hard as a coach that may be even harder than that, I think is when you wind down the season, you know, when you're coming to the close and, and hopefully, you know, you've been successful as we have the last couple of years and you're getting ready to go to the postseason. I think when you have this, you know, we have a pretty deep team and we're, we're you know, I, I think all eight of our players are really good and can play great and help us at any time. And that, that's been the case all year for us. But I think, you know, I'm getting ready to have to to trim that thing down to five. And that is that is yeah. just a brutal conversation to have because I love all eight of my girls and, and they're they're all fantastic and they're all great players. And and to have to sit down with three of them and, and to tell them that, hey, listen, this is this is the lineup I'm going with. And and unfortunately this year you're not a part of it or, you know, hey, we'll 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 reevaluate when nationals gets around. We get to take an individual there that we can trade in and out. So but that that is also equally equally as tough, especially if you have a senior in that area yes. or a freshman who's had a great year too that that you really think could help that needs that experience, but they're not going to get it because you know you, you can only yeah. take five. That that's a tough conversation too. Yeah, well, and it's like you said, the whole substitution thing. It's not like other you know other team sports where you get to go, and if something happens, you may have your chance. Once you're you know once you're out, you're you're out, you know, when it comes to golf. And in most cases, I know there's some different substitution, you know, individuals, all that stuff's come in a little bit more, uh, but a little different than other sports because yeah, once you're, you know, once you don't travel, you're, you're at home and and you're, you know, you're left out and it's not a fun feeling, but it is part of, you know, part of how the golf, you know, college golf uh, lineup goes and in the tournaments and, and understanding that. But I know that, yeah, like you said, as a coach, it's, it's hard, especially when it's, you know, girls that are working hard and, and doing what they yeah. need to be doing and, you know, not just, I mean, they're, they don't have reasons that may be obvious that they need to stay at home. You know, it's just simply that they just didn't make the lineup. That's always got to be hard. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, our, our girls in the, the four through eight slot, our fourth player scoring average is 74.1 and I think our eighth player scoring average is 75.08 so I mean you're telling these girls less than a shot between five four players yeah and you're you're trying to explain that to them and you know they always you know it's all it always goes to they didn't do something good enough or they didn't perform well enough and that's really not it it's it's just like we talked about in recruiting thing it's a coach thing it's a gut thing it's it's not you weren't good enough it's just hey this is this is what I feel right now. And you just got to, yeah. you know, be supportive and understand it. And, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. When it's not, it's not. That's, that's what I try to tell them at the beginning of every year. You just got to understand when I make a call, it's, it's what I, it's my gut feeling at that time and and just need you to support it. And when it's your yeah. time, it'll be your time. Yeah. That's understandable. Well, first let's talk about the fact that you just said, I just want to, I think, bring to light how good D2 golf is. I mean, you just said it, your fourth player, 74.1, your fifth players, right? at just over 75 average. I mean, I think that right there is just a, I mean, the college golf world in general, I think because of COVID, the fact that you do have a lot of these fifth year seniors out there, I think everybody had a lot more time to play and practice during COVID. But I mean, everything about college golf, I feel like over the last couple of years has just really elevated. Uh, but I think too, I try to tell everybody this about that D2 level and that top D2 level is just competitive. Um, and I mean, th- these girls are good and it, it definitely sometimes gets, you know, that's why I had a couple of the, uh, I had 
uh, Coach Trapp and uh, Nickerson come on back in the fall, I guess it was, um, to talk about, you know, their programs at that D2 level. But just like what you just said, I mean, those two scoring averages right there between your fourth and your eighth person just says the level of what these girls are playing at. Uh, so maybe just, you know, while we're at it, talk a little bit about that D2 competitiveness and what it's like. And, and sometimes maybe trying to battle that you know, comparison with D1 or why, you know, I, I deal with it a lot, the D1 syndrome. I try to get the girls to understand, you know, th- there's definitely a big difference between lower D1 and top D2 and what you're going to get with experience and that kind of stuff. So let's just kind of talk about it from your perspective of what you've seen and, and what you, you know, sometimes the the things that you might have to to face in terms of recruiting and and just the, the stigma that kind of comes from that sometimes. Yeah, sure. For on the on the competitive side of things, just the D two level at the upper echelon portion of it, where you're kind of if you're looking at that, those top maybe fifteen or twenty teams. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I guarantee, and I know this. Obviously, I'm I'm kind of I don't know I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but because I'm gonna I don't want to be negative towards Division one teams. But no, I, I, I kind of know what you're probably top, about to say. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the top fifteen to twenty D two teams can play and compete in just about any division one tournament, maybe, you know, take away the power five level. Yeah. Uh, and even then, even at the power five level, some of the lower teams, yes. I mean, it, you yeah. can compete there, you know, yeah. the upper echelon power fives, the Oregon's, the Stanford, South Carolina's, you know, obviously they're Clemson's, they're extremely good. And, and, and that's the best of the best, but you know, the upper echelon of division two, I, I think really does not get the respect it deserves. I, I think my girls can compete in almost any tournament and, and, and be, be right there with a chance to win at the end. So, I mean, the competitive side of things at division two level is extremely well, it's extremely good. If you're, you know, if you're at a top tier program Um, on the recruiting side of things, we definitely, I mean, the girls that we're looking for, we're, we're trying to get girls that are in that top 400 to 800 on junior golf scoreboard, which are usually kids that are getting division one interest slash offers so i mean i think those are the kind of kids that that if you're going to be a high end division two team you're 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 going to be battling um division one teams on the recruiting trail uh, a good bit and we you know we 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 cross that bridge every year i mean that's if you're not though you're not going to be in the upper echelon division two I and mean, that's just that's yes that's, yeah unfortunately that's what that is but um i i think the hardest part is kids sometimes maybe put their self-worth in uh, whether they play division one golf or not. And and I, I hate to see that because sometimes that Instagram post that you committed to play mm-hmm. division one golf and that, you know, that 15 minutes and the thousand likes you get is, is, is awesome. But then, you know, you get back to the real world and, and sometimes you're not going to, you know, I always feel, I always try to tell kids to go somewhere where you can make an impact and where you can be competitive. You know, if you can be competitive and help your team win golf tournaments, win conference championships, go to regions, go to nationals, you know, I'll support you wherever you want to go. You know, but I think that's important sometimes because, you know, kids kids get lost sometimes in thinking that they have to go play Division One golf or, or that their golf career won't be remembered or it won't be special, and that's just not true. You know, we've, we've done a lot of special things here. Kenny Trapp's done an amazing job at DBU, Brad at Indy. You know, Keith down at Lynn. I mean, there's there's a lot of girls that have gone on to have incredible college careers and even some professional careers. So, I mean, it, you can you can get there from a lot of routes. Uh, but I, I just – I hate to see kids put their self-worth in whether they play Division One golf or not. Division One golf is great. I'm not knocking it in any way. But yeah. 
Yeah. You know, that can't be the end all be all of why you do it. You need to, you need to go somewhere where you're a fit, where you're going to play, where you're going to be competitive, where you're going to win. And and then too, you need to go somewhere that, you know, you have to walk on that campus and say, Hey, if I was not playing golf at all, would I go to school here? And yeah. so sometimes, you know, you just have to weigh all those things out. And sometimes that equates to going to division one school. Sometimes it equates to going to division two school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've seen it with some girls that just said, Hey, I like, you know, they, they kind of acknowledge the difference in the program from a lower D one to a top D two. And they know, you know, yeah, no, I probably get a little better golf experience here, but I feel better about the campus at this smaller D one program. And, and they did. And and again, that's where it, it is about the right fit, but I always ask a lot of times I ask when they say, you know, when I ask girls, you know, what's your college golf goals or what's your plans? And one of the first things they put is I want to play D one golf. I just want to always ask like, well, why is that? You know, what, why? And then based on that answer, getting them to sometimes understand that that is not this all encompassing thing. And just like you said, it is not a knock at all. I mean, playing D1 golf is, is awesome. And all the way across the board, you've got, you know, even on your lower end, you've got great coaches who maybe just don't have the funding and the budget to really do as much. And then you get on the lower end of some D1s and you, you've got some coaches that are technically considered part-time and, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they're not there. They don't go out and recruit very much there. There's not the support from the athletic department. And, and again, the coach may be great, but they're frustrated because they can't get the help they need. And then, you know, you do, you get to that higher D2 level and, and there's the support and, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about facilities as well. You know, you've got whether it's you know good facilities, good golf course access, just a a coach who's full time and and committed, and you can travel a little bit more. So, getting them just to understand, yeah, you you do you get that. You know, I'm playing D1 golf, and I, I do my best to get them to understand it and find out why and what it is that it is that that means, and make sure they understand. And then if that is still where the better fit is, even if the golf piece may not necessarily be as ideal as you kind of want it to be, or, you know, it's going to be if they really like that campus or that location better, or that school's got the academics they're looking for, you know, you do have to look at it for all of that, but just knowing, Hey, this is what you're, you know, you're, you're not comparing apples to apples necessarily, or in some cases you're comparing apples to apples, even if it's a D one and a D two, they're actually going to be a little bit more similar than you think they're going to be. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, again, I think the kids just have to, they have to be able to figure out the fit. I think that's the key. And I, like I said, I'm, you know, we've, I've told kids a, a ton of times, hey, listen, I'll help you pack your bags and go there. If that's really where you want to be and that's where you really feel like you need to be, that's where you need to go. But it yeah. needs to be more than just to say, I played Division One golf. Uh, again, that's not a knock on Division One. It's just making the right decision that's going to be good for that kid for, because it's a, it's, you know, it's arguably the first major decision every kid makes is where they're going to go to school for four years. Uh, of course, I know the transfer portal has yeah. made that. Not, uh, yeah, yeah. Not quite as much of this. It's a four-year. I can remember when I first started this, we did push this. It's a four-year decision. You don't, you know, you don't change your mind. You know, you did push that. And as much as yeah. you, you definitely still try to encourage that. Um, and I think not just the transfer portal, but I think COVID threw a little wrench in it all because a lot of people had to make decisions without even getting to visit campus or meet the team. And you definitely, I've seen that a good bit over the last year or two of these players getting there and whether they use it as an excuse or they just truly felt like, Hey, this is not what I thought because I didn't get to come visit campus or a lot of coach changes happened during that time. And actually I had several coaches pull offers on girls as well because the coach changed during that time or same thing. They didn't get to know that kid very well. They pulled the trigger on an offer and then they got to know the kid a little bit more over time virtually and realized, Hey, this really isn't, you know, what we thought it was going to be. 
Um, so I think both sides of that have, have kind of changed that yeah, four yeah. year big decision, you know, kind of thing and made it a little less of a, uh, as you know, still a big decision, obviously, but with a few you know, ways to exit still, if needed to. That's right. It's still the first major decision that most 18 yeah. year old, 17, 18 year olds are going to make and just kind of put some thought into it and make sure that it's not a decision you make based off of one singular item. Um, you know, being that it's D1 or D2, you know, it needs to be a fit from all aspects, the coach, the other players on the team, the campus, the campus life, you know, the education, all that. So. Well, let's kind of talk about getting and finding the right fit, which obviously is a big part of it. And then I think one of the things that happens a lot of times is not being prepared for what that might be. And, uh, and I think coach Hester said it, uh, Clemson coach said it one time, she's like, you know, you really can't prepare for it. And so in a lot of ways, I try to tell everybody, you know, I have a lot of parents and players like, Hey, how can we prepare for it? Like I do a little bit of a spring series with all of my seniors just to try to get them more than anything aware of what it's going to be like, get a little more, you know, starting to do things a little bit different maybe and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you can only prepare for what college golf's going to be like, you're coming from a truly individual sport, being on a team with girls. It, it's a tough transition. But is there anything you see that, you know, both parent and player that they can do even as early as, you know, sophomores and, and juniors in high school just to start doing a little bit to think ahead as far as like making that transition just a little bit easier? What are some of the things that that you see or, or kids that you recruited that you saw tendencies with them that maybe that transition was a little bit easier because they had been doing something before that? Um, I, I think for me, I mean, the ones that like I think about Kate Kennedy Gooding and Paige Colucci and a couple of our freshmen that are here now, they did a really good job. You know, we were able to land them kind of early. Um, Gooding's had an unbelievable year this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's she got a freshman year, freshman year in our conference and <laughs> maybe even more than that. But That's awesome. I think one thing that KG did that was really good and Paige too and Allie, all three of them really, but they um we were able to get them a year in advance and so we were able to kind of get our strength and conditioning plan from our strength and conditioning coordinators to them so they were able to start i think the weight room is a huge adjustment for a lot of kids when they get here if you if you're not doing that with any regularity or consistency it's 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 a major adjustment because we work out we work out three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at six thirty in the morning. And then we have a yoga day as well. So I mean, it's you're you're working out four days a week, um, and that's a that's a pretty big adjustment. And so we 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 really push the kids that once they've committed here and they're coming here, we kind of get them our program so they can either get with a you know get with a fitness instructor. We try to tell them to get with somebody, especially early on, so that person has eyes on them and can make sure that they're doing all the forms right. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest, one of the most major adjustments that you'll see from high school to college golf. Um, you know, the second thing is your time management. Um, it's, this is a, it's, it really is. I tell kids all the time, you know, not trying to scare them, but in a way trying to scare them a little bit into understanding what they are getting into. This is, it's a job. It, it, it is, it is, it is a job. You are not a regular student in any way. Um, and, and I think that's important that they come in eyes wide open with that because, you know, the normal student, when they get out of class at one or two o'clock, they have the rest of the day to mm-hmm. do whatever they can, they can study a little bit and then have, you know, go do stuff at night and have fun with friends. I mean, you know, our girls, you know, you wake up at six thirty in the morning, you're working out, then 
you know, you're probably in class from eight to one, then you have some lunch and you're at practice from two to six or two to five, whatever it may be that day. You know, and then you go home, yeah. you've got to crack the books and study. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, I got to go to bed and do this all over do it again. All again. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a big decision to play college golf and you just have to come in eyes wide open and, and be able to manage your time. You can't, if you try to fit everything in, something's going to suffer. Um, so it's, you have to sacrifice a lot of time with friends and a lot of fun stuff, but you know, on the flip side of that, you're going to make probably seven or eight of the best friends you've ever had. You're going to make some unbelievable memories and have a chance to win golf tournaments. And, you know, I my sales always to try to come here and win a national championship. Hopefully one of these days we'll be able to, you know, talk about that too. But that's, um, I think that those are, those are the two most major adjustments. I think the weight room and the time management, you just have to be prepared for that because you're not, you're not a normal kid. You're not a normal student anymore once you get here and start playing golf. Yeah, I, I would say I've seen that for sure. It's, like you said, the weight room piece of things. And I know not everybody has access to go, you know, it's so like you said, try to get with somebody if you can. And but not every, I know not everybody has the access, the location, you know, to do that. But just starting to get comfortable with that and doing what you can without getting hurt, without injury, you know, big on, on trying to make sure that's not the case. But a lot of times doing a little bit of something in high school, even if it's not perfect, it typically will prepare you a little bit more for that transition into college, because if not, you will end up typically getting hurt or you're always going to be sore. And then you go from, I think that's the thing too, is you go from, you know, golf doesn't have like like that off season where you get to train your training while also playing while also qualifying. And when you're sore and you're tired, like it's, it's a grind. And if you're not used to that, I mean, you come right in from day one and it's, it's full speed with all of it. It's not, Hey, let's, you know, come in and, and work out for a few weeks. Then let's go have season and then let's go. It's, you know, all at once really. Yeah, no doubt. It, 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 it is a grind. I think on the parent side too, on that part of the question, I mean, I, for me, you know, when the parents are helping the kids get ready to make decisions and where to go to school is just to be supportive and be a sounding board. Um, you know, you definitely, I know all parents are going to have an influence on where, where kids go, but I think it's just huge. It's, it's such a big decision and it, and it's the first major decision these kids make. You want to help them make it, but that's what you want to do. Help them make it. Don't make yeah. it for them. You know, be supportive of what they want to do. Be open to going and visit at any school. Um, Cause kids are, or parents are sometimes a lot like kids. They, they, they have mm-hmm. that division one mindset. And I don't want my kid to go play division two. Cop, but I mean, yeah, know, you can, yeah. You can definitely, um, I think just being supportive and being open and then also giving your opinion. Yeah. That's, that's, that would be my advice there. Yeah. It's like you said, it's true. I mean, there's, there's gotta be a point of, you know, they are the ones that are maybe having to pay for it and and they do sometimes see the, you know, talk to them about it. They see, and I talk to the girls about it, you know, yes, as adults, we see the long-term, you know, part of the decision and what it may mean. You see that, but yet also, having to see things from, from what they want out of their experience. And especially one thing I see a, a tough one being sometimes is, and it's not a knock on the dads whatsoever. The dad's not understanding that emotional connection piece that the girls see during the recruiting stuff. And they're more, a little bit more about, well, how do I feel? And like, how do I, you know, they look at the girls on the team and how do they feel about the coach? And a lot of times I see the dads go to, and we're actually, this will be a great segue into like facilities. They look at like all the, not, and again, not in a, superficial way but they look at more of the surface stuff as far as like what you get and you know some of the the 
not insignificant things. They don't still look at it as much from a girl side of things for like the emotional piece of how stuff feels. Um, and so I've seen some of the dads will, they're like, oh, I guess I hadn't really thought about it like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what girls at that age think about a little bit more than they do yep. just what may be <laughs> obvious to a guy, especially from a golf perspective. You know, they think, oh, we've got all this stuff. Like, this is so cool. Like the girls are like, yeah, but I'm just not feeling it with the girls, you know, and, and the guys just don't maybe see that in the same you know we, i recruit both here and the girl side is, is definitely way different i mean it's uh and obviously I'm, in about 16 years i'll probably have to go through that with my daughter uh, yeah. whenever she starts making that decision and uh that but it is girls do they do look at the grand scheme of things and, and everything versus guys if they see a great golf course and a great facility they're like hey just sign let me sign the paper right yeah now. yeah you know girl, yeah. girls are looking a little bit more long term the education the you know the school the coaches the other players it, it's it's definitely uh and i think that's what it's made it easier to to build a little bit of a family atmosphere too because i do think girls dig into dig in a little deeper yeah. than, than guys may yeah yeah oh for sure which Welcome to my life of consulting them and helping them make these decisions when it's on like so many different factors. And I wonder why yeah. I switch from working with the boys to just the girls. Sometimes I'm like, the, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like you said, the boys, there's not quite that connection to it. That is what I love with the girls is trying yeah. to kind of get to the root of it and figure out some of their whys and reasons for stuff and all of that, uh, because it is a, a bigger decision or a bigger picture decision. And like I said, it's more about the, the emotions and the feelings and that kind of stuff with them. Um, well, we did. You just mentioned it. It's one thing I want to just kind of chat about a little bit and then we'll kind of wrap this up. But uh, one of the things that a lot of the kids look about and it's a big thing that, you know, obviously your bigger D1 schools get to promote. Uh, I grew up there down the street from, you know, from Cobbs Glen and, and Anderson and played at Sluda Valley and everything. And no, you're not going to get this big top D1 notch facility. I grew up on a really small golf course. Obviously, times have changed drastically in terms of like conditions and our technology and, and all of that. But how are you able to, you know, make, I mean, I've done such a great job over the last few years uh, without, you know, some big facility and then maybe in the future would something would change, but what, um, you know, how do you take that, you know, knowing that you don't get to kind of sell that or not just sell it as a recruiting perspective, but when they're there working, you know, having what they have, like, what do y'all do to try to maximize what you have um, and facility wise and, and using the golf courses, which I know the the staff there at Cobbs Glen and some of the other Anderson courses are awesome. Big shout out to them. They're, they're the best. Um, but what, you know, what is some of those kind of um, ways of approaching that, knowing that it's not maybe as ideal as some other settings might be? Yeah, I mean, well, first, you're, you're exactly right. Cobbs Glen staff is amazing. They treat us yes. extremely well. Oh, yeah. We're very lucky. The golf course is three minutes down the road. We're literally, it's on the same road as our campus. So, mm -hmm. um, they, Same they road really, as I grew up on, too. So yeah, right that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, um, they treat us extremely well. And we, we do – the great thing, I, I guess, about Cobbs and, and a lot of the courses in that general area where we are, that 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock, time frame is usually not a very busy time so they Cobbs especially is really good about letting us basically take over the putting green and I, I think that's where the coaching part comes in I, obviously I would love to have a huge facility with you know six bays and six track mans and you know everything yeah. putting lab and all that stuff that'd be fantastic but we don't have that and uh, you know whether we get it in the future or not who knows but right now 
we're doing pretty well with what we got. And, and part of it yeah. comes with the golf courses treat us well and let us have time out there. But the other part is, you know, when we get out there, we, we make sure that every day's practice is extremely structured. You know, we, when we get there, we have tape on the greens, tees down. We're, we're going to, I think we make everything very goal oriented, uh, especially when we practice short game, it's a two hour day, you know, you're going through 10, maybe 12 stations and, but there's a goal there. Um, you know, I remember one of the questions you showed me was, what was my favorite drill? And we have this drill yeah. called the crawling drill. And so you have, you know, you have T set up and across. So you have four two footers, four three footers, and four four footers. Well, you have to make, you have to go around the two footers twice, the three footers twice, and the four footers once without missing. It's only 20 putts and it feels like it could be easy, but you miss one. Yeah. You have to start over. And I think that's where we, where we kind of trump the facility part. I mean, it would be great to do that, but as long as you have eyes on the kids and you're making each practice structured the way that we do, um, cause then, you know, then we'll leave, we go down to the driving range and, you know, we're, we're working on wedges. So it might be a hundred to 120 wedge shots to different baskets and, you know, different targets. And then we, you know, when we play, we do play a lot of metal match play, just trying to get the girls used to that for the end of the year, hoping that we make it that far uh, on our play days. But, you know, we do, we've, you know, and then qualifying, but I, I think we just make every practice structure, make every practice yeah. meaningful. You know, it'd be nice to uh, have some of that tech and we do have some technology that we use and that kind of stuff, track man, but um, you know, we don't have six bays and yeah. six of them. So, but um, I just, I think for yeah. us, that's the biggest key is just making everything structured to where they're getting something out of everything that they do. Um yeah, I don't yeah. know if that that explains that great, but yeah. that's that's kind of what we do. No, it 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 does. It it definitely does, and it's it's again something that I don't think that's again not to and to not to knock it. And it's nothing specific, but I've had you know se- several girls talk about you know being at the you know these great facilities, but then they feel like they're on their own to practice sometimes, or they don't have that structure, or they don't have it's still kind of like oh go do what you want to do kind of thing. And some girls love that again. They love having all that. They've kind of grown up and having all of that and doing it themselves and, and they're fine with that and they go on about their way. And then I've had others say, I want a coach who really is there and hands on and sets stuff up and does stuff. And again, I think that's part of finding the right fit, but it's just like you said, it's, it's taking what you've got and making it work to the, to the most advantage you can and just being there and making it structured. And that's the, cause again, I think that's the thing that a lot of junior players just don't have. And that is a big adjustment in a positive way, but yet can mentally be draining. It's one of my, my last podcast episodes was talking about how to make your practice tougher and how to make it simulate more tournament golf. Everybody keeps talking about, you know, well, I play so good during practice time and I can do all this and I get in tournaments. And so they keep wanting to try to make their tournament feel more relaxed and make it feel more like practice. And I'm like, you got to flip that script. And that's what college golf will give you a lot of times the qualifying and the drills, just like you said, that drill um, with the putting drill and getting frustrated with stuff and, and making it tough. And you can do that almost anywhere. And that's where that uh, Tony Finau is a great, I watched his episode of full swing, not too long ago about what yeah. he grew up and how they grew up doing it. You know, I think it's hard to, we, we've got so much technology and there, there's so many resources out there that sometimes it's hard to uh, it's easy to forget about the core of what it means. And and I think something like that really brings you back to the core of getting better at the game of golf and what, what you can do without having all of that. No, I mean, Danny and I are both kind of field, field coaches too. I mean, I, I think, I think the technology is great, but you can get to the point where you get so technical that you forget 
how to feel the club in your yeah. hand, how to feel the shot and hit the shots. And and so, I mean, I, I, I really use the track man stuff when we're working on a specific thing, trying to fix something or trying to point something out to the kids. But we really, we do a lot of short game stuff um, and structure yeah. that to where the kids, we, I, my favorite thing is we have this, um, when we're doing the cross drill, whoever's on it, when they go to that last four footer, I stop everybody, what they're doing and say, all right, everybody watch. And then if they miss it, it's just, it, you can see, yeah. you can see the smoke coming out of their ears and how mad they are at me that that, that happened. But, um, but know, that's, Hey, that what's that like on the last hole? Yeah, just like, you right. know, that that's what it is. And it, I, yeah. again, I, that, that to me, that like, what's, I wish I was able, I've actually got one of my former players coming in to start working more, more on the player development. Everybody, always gives me a hard time because that really actually is what gets my juices flowing a little bit is thinking about yeah. those things and creating those settings for the kids. It's the only thing I miss about what I do and, and doing things more just remote and, and behind the computer is, is not getting to it. Cause that, like I said, you know, that's making them get better and yeah. you know that they're going to be more prepared next time they have that for the, to win the national championship or whatever that might be that you're preparing them for that. And that's what's, so important. And, and, you know, we talk about a junior golf level and I wish there was a better way for some of the junior players to get that. It is hard to do it when you're practicing by yourself a lot of times and you don't have that. That is a big thing about college golf, but any ways you can, you know, work on that as a junior player helps you, you know, be more prepared for those situations. And like I said, that's where these kids don't quite understand why when they get in tournaments. And I think parents don't get it when they get in tournaments. Why, when those feelings come up, can't they feel the same as practice? And I'm like, it's just not, you know, it's it's just yeah. you're not comparing apples to apples unless you're making your practice feel like that. Then you can't compare that to to what they do in tournaments and the emotions mm-hmm. and the thoughts there, and then it go through your brain. It's it's just a a whole cluster going on up there when those kinds of things happen. That I think a lot of people don't understand for sure. No doubt, and I, I would say the last thing that we do too. I mean, it's not really, it kind of goes away from the facility aspect, but one thing that we do to keep that mental edge, I rarely, rarely exempt players into a tournament. You know, if somebody wins a golf tournament or, or something along those lines, <laughs> they, they may get in. And now we're at that point in the season two where, you know, I have a couple of our top end players who are exempt yeah. in the postseason. But I think the big thing too, we, we always, we, we qualify for almost every event unless we play back to back and, and I think yeah, that's a big you know, the girls yeah. are so competitive with each other. I mean, they it's un, it's un, it's amazing to me that they walk off that golf course and get in the car with each other and love each other and go eat go eat yeah. together right after that because it is. Uh, and I think that's a good thing about our girls. But it is I try to keep them as competitive as possible all throughout the year, and it also keeps everybody engaged. You know, you can feel lost yeah. if you're not qualifying early on. So I think knowing that every time you're going to get at least some type of chance to get in that keeps our girls on edge and keeps them competitive. And it, it makes the tournament atmosphere. Uh, you're simulating that tournament atmosphere that way. For sure. Yeah. That, that again, I think is something that a lot of the junior girls aren't aware of. And and again, can't always prepare for in that sense, but it's a constant competition and it's not yep. many, very many sports that you are, you know, you may have that, you know, football or baseball or basketball where you're second, you know, you're the, the B team or second string or, or whatever to one position, but yet in golf, you're competing against everybody on your team, like on a daily basis. And then even when you get in a tournament in some ways, you're, you know, you're competing, even, you know, you're all in there individually as well. And that's a very rare type of atmosphere from a sport perspective. Um, and to be able to do that, like you said, then 
then these are your friends. I mean, some of my best friends, you know, were on the team with us. Um, you had some you maybe didn't like as much as others. So you maybe wanted to beat them a little bit more. But, you know, you were you were always competing and and qualifying and and getting, you know, they just kept you constantly in that. And I think that's what one of the things I can't remember what coach had always said it, you know, talk about what they like to hear when girls talk about wanting to play college golf and wanting to compete. And I mean, that's something you got to love uh, when you go to college golf, because it is just, you know, not that everything's a competition, but it, it's, it's a lot of competing. It's a lot of constantly grinding and, and um, just having to get knocked down to get back up and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's a constant thing there for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I think sometimes getting the spot on the van to travel is harder than playing the tournament itself. I mean, for I sure. Like yeah. was, I mean, I, I think, especially if you have a good team that's deep and competitive, that is, it is, it is a yeah. um, those six rounds of qualifying or whatever it may be when they come back and, and get get into the qualifying scenario. It's it's stressful, um, yeah. and I think putting them through those stressors helps us. And I'm you know other teams do mm-hmm. it too, but I mean I think putting them through that stress of qualifying it helps in the long run when it when it comes time you know crunch time to play for you know a tournament championship or a conference or a regional or whatever it may be. Yeah, well, just talk about the depth of it and the difference in your fourth and eighth person. It's one thing when you've only got – I know some coaches get frustrated when they feel like they've only got the same four or five that make the lineup. And even if they're really good, you're still kind of, well, I'm only – that fourth player is not really getting pushed to have to keep playing better to, you know, because they know they're going to be in the lineup and trying to have that depth. And that is a little bit of what you see it kind of sometimes at those lower ranked D1 programs is, you know, some of the girls go see that and think, well, hey, I can go in there and play because the fourth, fifth person is not as good. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a bigger separation there. But then you really, really think about the bigger picture of it. It's like, you know, the day in and day out isn't as much of a push because you know you're going to make the lineup. And and again, same thing. Some girls are, are okay with that. They like a little more of that comfort factor. They don't like that constant stress. And if they know they can go in and play, and again, that's that if that's what they, you know, feel is going to be their better scenario in college, then doing something like that's going to be better for them than somebody who's knows they may be really fighting for that last spot constantly and wants that kind of constant grind and push. Everybody's mentality with that's going to be a little bit different for sure. Yeah, I mean, we this week coming off of Kentucky, going to Greenwood. This will be the first time all year that we've taken the same lineup from one tournament to the next. So, I mean, that just kind of shows you how competitive. Yeah. Now, part of it is too we're playing back to back, but you know, and there's not time to quite, especially not getting time, late, yeah. But, but yeah, this is all, this is the first time all year that we've taken the same lineup. So that I mean, it just shows you how competitive it is, and I think that's something to be ready for because it is. You, you, as much as you think you can go play, you bet you need to be ready for it because it's it's going to be more competitive and the situation is going to be way more stressful than anything you've ever been a part of in high school. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, speaking of the fact that you're getting ready to go to another tournament and you just got back, and if y'all heard my dog in the background – my time limit probably for the dogs behaving. We've hit about an hour since I put them up. So my threshold of that, I've probably reached my peak of that. Um, but I do. All right. One last thing. Cause you, I know you saw some of these quick question things. Um, if there's one you want, I know you talked about your favorite drill. Let's hit one or two of those and we'll wrap it up. But what, what's been one of the, do you have the either a funniest prank they've done or is there some kind of funny ritual superstition that the team does? Anything that comes to mind with that? Uh, probably the 
the funniest prank was not they they on my birthday last year the girls drove over to my house at midnight and wrapped my car in toilet paper oh goodness uh, so that was that was fun getting up getting going to work that morning but probably the funniest thing this was two years ago victoria all wanted to work on her putting and so we got me and her got to practice about an hour early and for whatever reason because my girls are I mean, they are they are crazy um, they went to Vic's dorm, got her bed out of her dorm, drove it to the golf course and strapped it onto the top of her car. That's so funny. that was probably the most ridiculous thing that they, they play pranks on each other all the time, but that when yeah. Vic walked out their car and I saw her face with her mattress sitting on top of her car. I know that was probably, That's, that, that takes a lot of work too. That's that, like it did whole, take a lot of work. Yeah. I, I was shocked. They put that kind of, it, it, it took a lot of work to total paper my whole car too. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, that. Yeah. That takes a lot of effort. That's a, a big, uh, big endeavor there for a prank, but that's, that's pretty funny. Um, does the team have a favorite on course snack or like restaurant they always want to go to? Um, they pretty much halos and cuties are probably their favorite snack. That and chocolate chip cliff bars are probably there to go. I mean, we always have those on the golf cart. Uh, they don't really have, a, I mean, I think we eat a lot of Chick-fil-A, but, nothing wrong with I think that it's just yeah i mean i think that's just the one that we they try to go somewhere else because we actually have a chick-fil-a in our student center so they already eat enough of that while they're here but yeah. we end up going there because you know their service is good it's gonna be quick so i would yeah, say chick-fil-a is probably your favorite place to go eat yeah hey absolutely nothing wrong with that all right well let's wrap um uh, this episode up because yeah i can definitely tell i've got um i've got some anxious dogs ready to get going <laughs> i know you've got probably um busy day i know you're getting ready to head out or head not too far down the road to greenwood um here in a couple of days and just got back and it is a crazy busy time of season which is why i really appreciate you jumping on but it was also a great time because you've got so much going on and, and doing so good i think it's some great insight for everybody out there um so didn't i really appreciate you hopping on hope to sure run into you sometime soon if not sometime this summer at the blade or, or something i will always see each other up there but thanks so much for for what you do and and all you do there at anderson for the girls and um it's been great getting to know you over the years and and really appreciate your help on everything and always chatting and everything um any last words that you want to share before we sign off i'm all good man just again thanks for having me on appreciate it uh it's been fun chatting and just again i want to thank you for all you do too you make the process for girls in the recruiting world a lot easier i see a lot of the testimonials and obviously got a few girls that have come my way from you that you know i know what you do for them uh not only just you know the recruiting stuff but mentally man i know, I know it's a stress trying to make a decision and trying to figure it to navigate those waters and i just you know i think you do a great job and connect with a pkb tour so uh, I'm sure I'll see you this summer, definitely at the Blade for sure, but yep. I'm sure I'll see you around a good bit. But thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for joining, and thanks, everybody, for hopping on another episode of Tap Into College Golf.